Welcome back to Meet at the Quarterback, a Minnesota Vikings podcast. Uh, we have myself, Harrison. I'm Hayes. Yeah, I'm Andrew. And today we have a our 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 second guest listener on this podcast. Um, I call him Dad. Hayes calls him Daddy, and Andrew calls him Pop Pop. But we have Eric Redepenning, our father. Uh, welcome, Eric, to Meet at the Quarterback. Thank you for inviting me. I'm glad to be here. It's exciting to have you on as well. So um, similar to what we did with our first uh, guest, Lucas Mankey, we have some questions that we shared with dad beforehand. Well, I'll, I'll stick with dad. I'm not going to call him Eric. We know he's Eric, but yeah. Hayes and Andrew, let's call him dad though today. No, no Just weird nicknames. <laughs> um. <laughs> But yeah, so we'll, we'll, we'll ask a few questions. Hayes and Andrew will ask a few questions. Um, and then towards the end, we'll give a little um, updates on the very few uh, things that have actually happened in the Viking world, um, which is why, again, we have not recorded in probably about a month. And, you know, we're going the route of inviting a few more guests. So I don't know why Andrew and Hayes are smirking at the moment. I'm guessing they're messaging each other back and forth saying like, oh, goodness, I didn't think of a single question for today's episode. <laughs> that's, that's only my best guess. <clears throat> but we can get on with this. So um, first, Dad, uh, when did you first become a Viking fan? So I started becoming a Vikings fan during the glorious and um, painful days of the 1970s when they went to four Super Bowls in seven years. Um, don't need to go down that road. They lost them all. But I mean, I think my clearest, earliest memories would have been like 1974, 1975. I would have been seven or eight years old. Um, back in the olden days, um, you really only got the Vikings game each week. You didn't have the opportunity to watch all these other teams play. You got the Vikings game usually at noon. You got an AFC game in the afternoon at three and you got Monday night football. So the Vikings were your team. You weren't, you know, and it was easy to love them because they were always winning. That's a, that's a fun, but also pretty brutal time to become yeah. a fan for Super Bowl losses uh, though at least you have seen, I guess this is, you didn't prepare, we didn't, uh, prepare this question, but, um, are you glad that you've at least seen them in the Super Bowl? Cause us three cannot say that even that, that statement, like, are you happy or how do you feel about at least witnessing them? I vaguely remember the last two. So in 1975, and then they went again in 77. And being that little kid brain, they had been the road team. So they had worn white in the first two Super Bowls and lost. So when they wore purple against the Steelers, I was very, very convinced that was the year. And as bad, if you go back, that's a bad Super Bowl. Like if you want to be just bored, watch that Super Bowl. But keep in mind, the Vikings were down nine to six halfway through the fourth quarter. So it was the only one of the four where there was some semblance of drama. Um, 
So, yeah, I guess I'm glad I saw them. I have vague memories. I mean, I can kind of remember where I was, and that's, you know, what, 47 years ago? So yeah. where yeah. where were you? Uh, I remember going to a party with my parents at my dad's business partner's house. Okay. And I just remember that real clearly that they, it was like a little Super Bowl party and how excited I was to, I think, probably my first Super Bowl party and the Vikings in purple. And this was before, I think, we didn't know how good Pittsburgh was. So I think you were kind of like, this is the time. It's not, you know, Miami, who had been kind of the dominant team of the 70s to that point. So you felt like you really had a shot. And then you realized that was probably one of the greatest defenses ever. Mm. Yeah, that's, uh, that's, yeah that's, that's, that's tough. I remember I had heard someone else, um, I think it was on a, a Vikings podcast that we listened to, but um, – this, the kid, it was probably same age as you. It was, I think, the second Super Bowl or whatever. Or maybe it was maybe it was that that third one that you just mentioned, the Steelers one. But, like, uh, he, the kid started crying after they lost, and the dad responded with saying, like, why are you crying? They've already been to three in the last six years. They're obviously going to get it at some point, and here we are 50-plus <laughs> years later yeah. still not having that Super Bowl title. But... Painful, 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 painful. Um, how kind of follow up right away? How did you, um, how did you become a fan? Like, was there someone or something that like influenced you, or like at what point did you just get in? Like, you did you just watch a football game one day and got hooked, or I guess like yeah, because us three all kind of have the same answer. You influenced us in becoming fans, but um, wondering sort of who or what influenced you into becoming a fan of this this team so my dad wasn't a rabid fan like i am and and, and the disease of rabies that i passed on to you guys um so i imagine we probably watched some together um my mom's dad my grandfather on that side passed away when i was like nine and i know a lot of time was spent sitting with him like talking sports but i don't necessarily remember watching football games with him but he was a big twins fan and i liked just sitting and talking I liked collecting the cards. I liked, you know, just playing touch football with my friends. So I'm imagining it was mainly just through friends, but I don't have one specific person who sort of lit that fire. I just can't remember any time, you know, I was the nerdy little guy wearing my Chuck Foreman jersey and, you know, like first grade and waiting in line at like seven to go see Chuck Foreman. So I, I assume I just was one of those kids who was just way into it right away. Yeah. No, that, that makes sense. Yeah. I, and, and obviously it's, it's not like you root for just like a, a random team, like that's your home team. So like, if you like the sport first, I feel like then the team typically follows. And it was a thing where, like I said, obviously it was the Vikings and then you always had that second game and it was an AFC game and they were going to pick the best team. So at that point in like the mid seventies, it was Pittsburgh, it was Miami, it was Oakland. And I loved the chargers. So like my other team growing up was the chargers because they were just this high-flying air choreo, great quarterback, Dan Fouts, all these wide receivers. So, um, in fact, they had their J.J. Uh, Jefferson, who was a phenomenal wide receiver at the time. So that was probably my my other team. I don't remember ever watching them play each other, so I obviously I know who I would have cheered for. But if you got the Chargers in the second game and you could watch them after the Vikings, that was like a perfect Sunday. Well, now I got a question. All right, Hayes, yeah. let's hear it. Uh, what is the worst moment that you've had as a Viking fan? Uh, there were many to choose from. 
1998, anybody who was alive in 1998 knows how incredibly painful that was because that was such a good football team. Um, and it was, it felt like everything had kind of come into play at the right moment that this was going to be the team. So 98 really, really hurt. And I think that most Vikings fans who are old like me would say probably the second greatest team was 1975. They were 12 and two, you know, their defense was just phenomenal. And they lost on the famous Drew Pearson push off play at Met stadium. Those two really, really hurt. The Favre one really, really hurt. Um, but by then, even by the Favre one, I think I was older and a little more able to sort of um, accept it in some way. 98, I'll never accept. I can watch that game over and over and over. And it's insane that I do it. But there are moment after moment after moment that it was just there for the taking. And uh, yeah. that one, yeah, it's only been 25 years. So eventually I'll get over it. I, I feel like and I feel like you could make and maybe because 98 was your first like true like heartbreak game because um, I, I feel like you could say the same thing about the 09 Favre yep. game as well because I know Hayes had watched the the highlights over and over again because he was very I mean you weren't even five at that point mm. so you probably have very little memory of that game but I remember yeah. you had said you've seen the highlights and I mean I think five or six turnovers that we had and you know you lose by a field goal in OT, so you you don't turn over half the number of times. You probably win that game easy. Um, yeah. You don't, you know, put 12 men on the field, you probably win that football game. You, or obviously it, the infamous Paul Allen, like just fall on the ball. Like you don't have to you don't have to throw it across your body, like just kneel it and and again have long will attempt a fifty-five yard field goal. Like so many, so many things. Imagine being a Vikings kicker in the playoffs. Longwell would have missed that kick, but it would have been nice to have a shot. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, I, I, I know. Um, so yeah, I mean, 98 def, I feel like makes sense Were the Vikings any good at all in like the eighties and early nineties. I feel like people just like, they were, I mean, they went to okay. the NFT championship game in that strike shortened season in 87 and they went on the road and beat the Saints. They went on the road and beat Joe Montana and Jerry Rice in San Francisco. They went toe-to-toe with the Washington Redskins down to like a fourth and one play with like, you know, a minute left. Um, that was, you know, and then they were always hanging on the cusp. That's the famous, all we need is a running back. So they traded all these guys for Herschel. Oh. The problem with that team is the Bears were really, really good. So if we were good, we were usually the wild card and we'd go to San Francisco. Like three years in a row, we went to San Francisco and got just shelled in the first round. But oh. they weren't bad. And Denny's early teams in the early 90s usually went to the playoffs. And he had the, I think he lost like his first four playoff games. So. They've never had a streak of being terrible. That's what's so painful. Yeah. There's never been like four years in a row where they were like six and 10 or something. They're always in the mix. Yeah. Which is, I mean, you know, obviously hindsight's always 2020, but like, it's not a, you, you, you don't want them to be terrible, but then also you see terrible teams who are now incredibly good and like, it kind of leaves a sour taste in your mouth, but they're also, Sometimes are, you gotta be bad to be good. Agreed. Yeah, definitely. But there also are still terrible teams that are just always terrible. Like, I mean, even the, like the Browns have been terrible for most of their entire time and they've had one good year. The lions is another great one. I mean, who knows what they'll do this year, but even so like their, their draft class grade was pretty weak. Yeah. And, um, yeah, I mean, it, uh, 
it's it's yeah it's a double-edged sword to some extent like you want to just completely collapse and start fresh but it's not always like it's not always a given so yeah and obviously it makes being a fan a little bit more fun kind of because you're always just slightly in it and give you fun and painful at the same time because you always do yeah fall apart well and after after the 98 season and the 09 season you were like oh we're just you know we were that close there's no reason we won't be the nfc champion the next year and then you realize like if you're in the nfc championship game you better take advantage because the 99 okay and you know the 2010 vikings were dreadful terrible and and the team what I don't remember what they were and it's got a good memory of what they were after they lost to Philly in the NFC Championship game. Very average. Very average. Kurt's first year and I think we were, you know, eight, eight and eight, seven and one or something. Oh, that's okay. So, just barely over five hundred. But, um, Andrew, I, I think you have a question, right? Andrew, yeah. did you ask your dad a question. Yeah. Um, what has been your favorite moment as a Vikings fan? People always go to the Minneapolis miracle because we were all together watching it. And that was incredibly exciting. Um, the famous miracle at the Met back in 1980. Um, I'm trying to think of other ones. Though. I mean, those, those two come to mind right away. It's sad. I could come up with so many heartbreaking moments. It's, it's harder to come up with the, like these just incredible moments where you're just so excited to be a Viking fan. I mean, I think this year, I mean, I was Andrew, just about to say. I know, Andrew, you, you know, you uh you know that Hayes went and, and hit upstairs during the Buffalo game, but you and I watching the Buffalo game, literally tackling each other in the living room. I'm making the decision to go to Lefts a Sunday, which I normally don't do, just so I could watch the Vikings game with you guys and watching the Colts game. So yeah, I mean, I think it's it's you get older, it's kind of who you're with more than necessarily it was the greatest game ever or whatnot. So I think it's kind of sharing the experience with people. So hopefully Hayes picks a Vikings game that we go to this fall that is uh, like a super memorable game. Yeah, mm-hmm. I can top that. Um, you you have a, a cool little fun fact uh, that you that would be nice to share. Sort of uh, share share the, the 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 what you won and <laughs> how you won it. Um, I think Hayes and Andrew hopefully know this story. Yeah. Okay. K fan, like he has an idea. K fan had a thing where I mean, this is like probably '95 to write in your greatest Vikings memory or your biggest memory or just most memorable Vikings moment. And I had gone to the 1977 Vikings Niners game at Met Stadium with my friend Jason, and we were we were 10 years old, and our parents dropped us off at the Met Stadium, and we just went to the game by ourselves, which just seems really weird. As a, as a parent now that you just drop two little kids off the Met Stadium with like 50,000 drunken adults. But the rule was we had to leave early so they could pick us up. They didn't want to try to deal with finding us and 50,000 fans. So I think we were told to leave at the start of the fourth quarter or midway through the fourth quarter. Well, that's the Tommy Kramer coming in as a rookie, throwing three touchdowns, coming back from 24 to 7 to win the game. And I, I vividly can remember hearing it in the parking lot like the noise and knowing something had happened but not knowing what so i wrote that up and k fan picked it and your mother and i got an all expenses paid trip to arizona to watch the vikings and warren moon uh beat the cardinals in overtime so it's by far the best thing i've ever won and i and i won for my uh my little viking story 
No, that's, I think that's so cool. Uh, just that one, you're at obviously a heart wrenching game, but it kind of turned into a pretty cool, uh, yeah, trip experience. Yeah. Um, story. Yeah. It took 20 years, but it eventually paid off. Yeah. yeah. Sometimes that happens. <laughs> it takes a while. <laughs> um, next is sort of like what right now are your expectations for this upcoming season so this is kind of the first year where the team looks relatively different like significantly different than you know three three uh, three years ago um obviously Quasi made some moves last year but you're seeing now even more long-term vikings uh going away and not extending contracts such as like Kirk Cousins um so like what what are your expectations for 2023 well I'm kind of as you're saying it I'm I'm literally I'm gonna move my little thing here I'm looking kind of at you know who would who do they play what's the schedule look like and you know I'm always the optimist I guess I mean I think more than any year that I can remember the the NFC North up for grabs. You know, I don't think there's anybody who can claim a hold on it. You know, I'm hearing things about all oh, the Bears did all this amazing offseason stuff and all oh, Dan Campbell's the greatest coach ever. And, you know, don't ever count out Green Bay because now Jordan Love will come in and do this or that. So I think it's going to be a, like a fascinating conference, you know, and I think I that they could they could win the division. They could finish third. I mean, there's nothing that would surprise me. I mean, your heart is that they're going to win the division, but there are, you know, there's a lot of, I, this is a hard team to read right now. It is. I don't, it's an incredibly hard team to read. Isn't it? I mean, it's yeah. just, they made some defensive changes, which is exciting, but were they enough? Yeah. Nothing splashy. Nothing splashy. Um, I was trying to prep for you, had a couple questions. I think you're going to ask me later. And I was looking at the athletic, just saying that, this is the way this team is going to be run by Quazy and by KOC. You're not going to see them going out and signing the Patrick Peterson where it's like, oh, I know that guy, but he's 33 or 34 or Zadarius Smith or so they're not making those moves. They're they're getting rid of name guys and they're kind of not being very sentimental about it. Um, everything on paper says it's going to be a really, really, you know, kick ass offense, as, as Chili yeah. would say. But the defense, I suppose, remains kind of scary. I love Brian Flores. I love, 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 love Brian Flores. <laughs> and I think he's just going to bring something so different to the uh, to the defense. So I don't. I'm not ready to make a prediction. Yeah. Start with Tampa. You should beat Tampa. You should beat the Chargers at home. You should beat Carolina. You know, what I mean, look at those first four games. Yeah. Be three one, and then you have got Kansas City. And then you get that first chance to go to Chicago and look at the at the Bears. I feel like you beat I feel like you beat San Francisco at home on Monday Night Football, but prime time hasn't been our uh, our, our friend. Um, it's a tough schedule. I mean, I'm just looking through this. This is a tough schedule. They they go some they have some tough teams they have to play. I disagree. You don't think it's a tough schedule? No, I think it's a favorable schedule. Really? I guess I'd, I'd go right in the middle. I wouldn't say it's fair, favorable. I mean, you have to go to Cincinnati. You have to play. I mean, you have a you have a seven game stretch where you should you should win at least five, six. Which, right in the middle uh, of your season. Which which stretch? I need to pull up the. 
I'm guessing you're saying like after the Chiefs, you play the Bears and then you play the Niners and then you play Green Bay and then you play Atlanta. I think you, you have a stretch there where you go Green Bay, Atlanta, New Orleans, Denver, Chicago, Oakland. That's six games right there. Yeah. And I think you should win five of them. Hey, if, if, if we're a team that's, you know, should like, going to be good. Hayes, are you doing a bit with that Oakland thing? Are you doing one of your bits? Oakland thing? Oh, yeah. Las Vegas. Vegas. They're Vegas. a joke of a team. Who does not want to go to that game, though? Las Vegas in December? Yeah, That'd be fun. That would be a lot of fun. So I guess I'm not ready to put numbers on it. I think it's going to be a highly entertaining season. Um, I don't see any reason they can't be on paper better. I don't know if you can be 34 again. No, and that's actually something we've talked about a lot on this podcast. And I think Andrew's the one that sort of started that conversation where, like, I think we'll be actually a better team, but our record might not show that, which is interesting. Typically not the case, but I, I do get it. Like, our defense was so bad last year, like, on paper and statistically, there's no the worst reason. defense I've ever seen. There's no reason we should have won 13 games with a one of one of, if not the worst defenses in the NFL. And I mean, I, I don't see it being good, obviously, next year, but I think I, it worse. I agree with you that Flores, I think, will add a lot. You're young. Um, I really think Brian Osamoa is going to have an impact, like a a, a huge step forward um in his career and it'll be cool to see lewis scene actually play um so yeah i would agree maybe not winning 13 but i think the division could be one maybe even like 11 and 6 yeah Yeah, i think i mean might be a division where everybody kind of beats up on everybody else so there's no real runaway um I, I like how they slotted the end of this season. I mean, I, I you know, it's going to be tough, but you go Detroit, Green Bay, Detroit. Um, I don't love finishing the last game at Ford Field. Yeah. But uh, I'm glad that we've got Green Bay coming to us on New Year's Eve and that we're not in Lambo on New Year's Eve. I can't yeah. even imagine what that atmosphere would be like. I think the players are super excited by that too because from what I've heard, the turf is just like impossible to play on when it's in the wintertime in Green Bay. Oh, I bet. I'll make one bold prediction. I think a lot of this Detroit talk is way premature. I I would 100% agree with that. I think everyone fell in love with this guy. I didn't see the HBO thing, but everybody loved Hard Knocks, and everybody loved the little bit of things they took care of at the end. And God bless them for beating Green Bay in the last game of the season. And, I mean, they got hosed on the way those games were scheduled that day. Yeah. Um, but – I don't, I don't think there's nearly enough evidence to say they're going to win the division. Yeah. I, I would most certainly agree with that. Andrew, what do you think? Yeah, I think Detroit's going to win the division. <laughs> Why? No, That's I'm out. just kidding. I'm just kidding, but they will be good. Oh, Bear down. You, Chicago you don't got to worry about you don't got to worry about Chicago or Green Bay. Those are both going to be two of the worst teams in the league. Bear down. Andrew, Chicago let me Chicago Bears. In the NFC North of those four teams, which team will be the biggest disappointment this season? Chicago. Okay. Yeah. I I would agree. They spent a lot of money on meaningless players like um they signed two linebackers when you don't need to sign them for that much money. 
And I think they're putting a lot of trust in a running back. back that's not a quarterback, exactly. And they didn't really improve their O-line that much, so. Do they still have, uh, was it Dakota Dozier that they had on their <laughs> roster last year? Who was it? Dozier. Is Jeff acting up? Yeah, Jefferson is being a little spaz at the moment, but he's sleeping, so he should be fine. Um, okay, final like uh, prepared question, and then we can kind of get more into sort of updates on the uh, Vikings' most recent moves. But if you were to give us some um, insight as to what you would like to see more of or different from this podcast, oh. we, are, we are open ears. Um, we always want to improve. Um, so anything you want to keep the same or differently, let us know. Uh, long time listener. I think you guys do an amazing job. Um, there's not a lot I would tweak. I think once I, I think you guys do an excellent job in the off season. Like I've said before, breaking down stuff like I don't understand. I wouldn't even pretend to understand like salary cap. I assume that was always a thing. I mean, I don't know. Maybe you know, Andrew, like when that became more of an NFL rule. Because as a kid, I don't recall there really ever being issues of like, oh, we just can't keep them anymore. Like we just can't, you know, like guys played on teams forever. And then when they were gotten rid of it was because the team was moving into a, you know, a younger group of guys or there was a chance to move that guy along for a, a draft pick but it wasn't all the money parts. You guys do a really nice job of breaking that down. Cause even today I was trying to do a little research on like Daniel. Cause I know we're going to talk about him a little bit. Um, Daniel is a certified what? clown. Daniel is a certified clown. I'm excited to have the conversation about. Yeah. Daniel. I'm curious by that too. <laughs> I disagree wholeheartedly with that. Um, I think if you want to improve something, I'm not necessarily always super engaged with how many yards each player is going to get in the game. Like those predictions get a little in the weeds for me. You know, you guys are under thirty-two point three yards. Yep. Yeah, we're 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 we uh, we're definitely changing that next year because it one it's also just it takes way too much time for an episode, um, and during the season we're recording twice a twice yeah, a week. But I, I, I love listening to it. I, I'm a huge fan. You know, I was hoping maybe this, I was going to come on today. You were going to announce this was actually Twinstown because I was so excited with what I just witnessed last night and what I just witnessed this afternoon that uh, I wanted to get on here and, 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 t and talk about the, your Twins podcast too. That's really impressive because it's one thing once a week to have to discuss a game when you guys have to keep covering series after series. That's uh, true dedication. Oh, well, shout out Hayes, because I think Hayes was the one that, you know, he started Twins Town last year. It's his name. Did it solo. Then he realized how miserable it was to do a podcast completely by yourself. <laughs> the worst uh, thing ever. I think he even well, said he, he said his voice started hurting because he was talking for 30 minutes straight by himself. Yeah. <laughs> well, and before you move into the other stuff, big shout out to Lucas was your, your first guest. And Lucas was uh, was a big fan of mine. And I'm a big fan of Lucas's. Um I think you guys are fortunate that Lucas and I haven't figured out a way to run a rival podcast. <laughs> Make us competitive. Yeah, uh, I'm not going to encourage that. We'll just continue to invite you guys on guests uh, every now and then to, to avoid any type of competition. Keep us satisfied. Yep. Um, uh, Andrew and Hayes, any other questions for Dad before we sort of talk about Daniil Hunter, Dalvin Cook, 
Those are the main things. They were supposed to prepare questions. I'll be curious. Favorite Vikings tight end. <laughs> of all time? <laughs> no, current. My favorite current Vikings. No, no, all no. Time. We'll go all time. Good Chris fair Herndon. question, Hayes. The greatest Vikings. The, the, the guy who nobody will ever know how good he could have been was Joe Sensor. Joe Sensor was a phenomenal first couple of year tight end. Never phenomenal. Heard. Phenomenal athlete. You've never heard of Joe Sensor? What happened to him? His restaurants. Okay. There's a oh, lot sensors, of Sensor's Pizza? Joe Sensor's owned several bars. Joe Sensor's did a lot of the Vikings games. He's Joe, dead? Joe Sensor's wife went to prison for running over a guy in St. Paul a couple of years ago, leaving a concert. There's a lot of Joe Sensor stories, but he was a phenomenal Vikings tight end who blew out a knee very early. So he would be one, he'd be high on my list. There's a long period of time I can't even think about who was the Vikings tight end. Who was the guy you liked, Harrison? Vasante Shenko. Yeah, Vasante Shenko. Met him at Walmart. Kind of a short-term solution. I'd be curious. I'd have to go back and look. I don't know how often they've gone out and actually drafted a tight end. That said, the Hawkinson pickup is a phenomenal pickup. I love, love, love what they did there. Yeah, that was – I think uh, we kind of talked about it in, in previous episodes or just walking or, or just like amongst ourselves. But when people, if people are disappointed by the draft, you can pretty much say second round pick TJ Hawkinson. And I, I would think everyone would agree. That's a thousand percent worth it. Like to and have all a, a tight end for sure successful or has, has show, shown proof rather than like a, a second round guy that you just have no idea about. Well, I'm a Mike about- Tice fan myself. <laughs> Was Mike Tice a tight end? He was. Joe Sensor put up one year where he had 80 receptions and over 1,000 yards. Then the next year he had 250. Then he blew out his knee and never played again. Yeah. So, so your fa- his favorite tight end is a guy who has had one 1,000-yard one season. A lot of what ifs. A thousand yards for a tight end in the early '80s was almost unheard of. No, that is actually that is that's I mean pretty much a wide receiver. Uh, numbers in the 80s he never had a thousand yards but he did have five straight years of 400 plus wow that's that's <laughs> impressive you had all those up and that's almost jj last season well he's again also a tight end tight ends aren't like hawkinson uh gronkowski and kelsey are all kind of outliers or mm-hmm. unique individuals but uh, hey, it's a good question. Kelsey in there? <laughs> Did I say it wrong? It's Kelsey. You just try to actually sneak Jason Kelsey in there? No, not Jason Kelsey. <laughs> Andrew, do you have a question? Um, who's your favorite Vikings head coach and why is it Leslie Frazier? <laughs> Great question. You know, do you want me to rank them for you real quick? It can't be Bud Grant. Yeah, might have, no, of course. He can be whoever he wants. You can rank your no. top five. I don't want to hear more than five. <laughs> five? All right. There have probably only been, what, about ten? You got you got to put Bud Grant at number one. You got to put Denny at number two. Um, Jerry Burns right. at number no. three. KOC at number four. And then I suppose Leslie Frazier at number five. No. How is Mike list. not That's in that mix? How is Mike? Michael's, Mike Zimmer needed to be Mike. in that top five list. Hey, what about Brad Childress? Chili. Chili was, you know, it was short, but it was entertaining. Um, 
no, I suppose you'd probably have to go Bud and then uh, Denny and then I suppose Zimmer yes. and Jerry. And then, uh, boy, there's, there's a, there was Mike Tice, Leslie Frazier, Chili. There were some there were some tough years there. Yeah, that's uh, um, I, I with the first list, I thought there's no way you can't include Zimmer. I know everyone hates him, but he gave you he is probably the third best coach in Vikings. How many playoffs wins did he get you? You got us two or three. Two. How many did Leslie two. get? Zero. Zimmer got us two, two wins in seven years. Okay, it's not good, but compare him to the rest of the coaches. I'm not saying he's an all-time great coach. Just in comparison to Vikings coaches, he makes the top three. No doubt. All right, why are you scared, Hayes? All righty, let's give a little update talk on Dalvin Cook. Because when we last met... He was still a current Minnesota Viking, and now he, as of last Thursday or Friday, it was uh, official that we released him, saving, I believe it was close to $9 million and resulting in $5 million in dead money. Does that sound accurate, cap people? That would yeah. not be one of these guys. Yeah. So – you know, what, what, what do people think? Are they happy by this decision? Not happy? Indifferent? What? We'll, let's start with, uh, we'll start with Hayes. Yeah, I'm fine with it. You know, he was aging, complaining, and he just didn't need him around anymore after re-signing Madison. I would have liked them to have uh, done this, you know, four months ago, but they didn't. Um, but I think I think we saved more money though by cutting them now. Yeah, but I would have just wanted them gone earlier. Okay, what for? What rationale? Mm, you know, you could use the money during free agency. Still can. Not with free agents that are good. Well, who's specific? Good who's oh my specifically oh my goodness! You... Are you serious? Uh, what's that old Denver Bronco? Is the Sutton? old Denver Bronco guard Risner? Oh. Oh my goodness, Risner's still out there. We could pick up Risner, yeah. All right, so Hayes, you're happy with the decision. You actually wanted it to happen sooner, which you didn't give a lot of explanation as to why. But uh, Andrew, what do we? What, what do you think? Happy, not indifferent. I'm happy with it. I'm surprised that they could not get anything in return for him, yep. but I think it was mainly due to his contract. And. I am happy, but also sad to see him go because he was quite good for a very small period of time. Um, but those were some of the years that I feel like I watched most of, so I will miss him because Alexander Madison will never be him. That's probably accurate. Dad, what do you think? I'm not happy at all to see him go, and I, I, I – I'm sitting here. I got really obsessed with the statistics of Dalvin Cook and why people even pretend to view him as anything less than a great running back. I mean, the numbers don't lie. He's the third all-time leading Viking rusher. He's 900 yards behind Robert Smith, and Robert Smith played 25 more games. I mean, God bless Chuck Foreman, but Dalvin has 100 yards more than Chuck Foreman in 20 less games. If you took Dalvin's numbers and, and kind of computed them to the period of time AP was here, they're they're about the same, you know. And 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 he's not the you know what what were the rips on him? I genuinely don't know 
I, I don't know what this complaining thing was. What was he complaining about? He played injured. Um, I never saw him to be a complainer or a malcontent or anything. I mean, I just, I, I get it. It's, it's the, it's the game today. You know, I was looking at what Hawkinson, this is year five of the rookie contract and then stuff's going to get weird. Stuff's going to get weird with Jefferson. I mean, I know Dalvin, Dalvin was outside the rookie contract or was this the end of the rookie contract? This was his second, uh, we're, we had re the, the rookie contract gave him a fat contract and then had, this is his second contract. If I miss, if I'm not, no, this is the end of his first like big one. Yeah. So we had not rookie contract the and then we signed him to a big, um, like a lot of money contract. Um, when at the time, which I think this is where it gets most confusing or, you know, like just unfortunate is at the time when we signed that contract, it made sense because that's what mm-hmm. running backs were making was those the, the the close to 15 million a year is that's just what like if we wanted him three four years ago which i think everyone would agree you would you had to pay him 15 million yep. the issue now is people are realizing it's becoming a much more pass heavy pass first type of football it makes no sense to pay any type of running back $15 million because you could get half the value for substantially less money, or you could get like 75% of the production of a $15 million running back for like, you know, 5 million. So yeah. it's just, it's unfortunate because like he, he did nothing wrong. He, he didn't complain. A lot of people have a lot of positive things to say about Dalvin cook, but he's just, unfortunately in comparison to all other players right now he's not worth that money anymore yeah i think any running back right now who had a great career of any length with a a, a specific team will be that team's all-time leading rusher going forward because guys yeah. just aren't they with teams ap will be the vikings all-time leading rusher forever i i would 100 percent agree with that Unless something weird happens again, say 10 years from now, all of a sudden running backs are like, if, if the NFL makes some weird new rule with like quarterbacks or passing or something, and then you see a shift, but um, yeah, no, that's, that's a great point that I'd never even thought about. It, it is probably these numbers that you're seeing right now, Dalvin probably will remain the third best Viking ever. Like no one will even yeah. come close to it. I think. Well, what's a drag is in the one thing I think we all got to worry a little bit about is, AP was with us from 07 to 16 and then came Dalvin. We've had 15 years of being a little bit spoiled at running back. Yeah. yeah. And, that, and that period between Robert Smith and AP with the possible exception of a good Chester Taylor season, that was a oh, dark boy. time. That was a dark time. I mean, does anybody ever talk about Michael Bennett? No, because <laughs> or Ontario Smith. I mean, those were the guys in the early two thousands. Part of the reason that team kind of crumbled after the 98 was Robert Smith retired and there was nobody there to fill that hole. Yeah. Yeah. So, so it sounds like we're, we're all kind of in the same boat in the sense of like, we're other than Hayes, I guess we're sad to Hayes, see him go. Hayes is happy. I, I don't get that. I think it was the right decision, the right move. Um, but you know, you can, you can still, I personally believe you can appreciate someone for the time they gave you and not have to be angry that they're making a lot of money and that you had to cut them or anything like he, you know, he felt he was, he probably 
yeah, he, he felt he was valued at a certain amount. And um, I, you, you drive me insane, Hayes. Do, do you, do you, do you sleep good at night? It's just, I can imagine someone who has like just such a dark black heart sleeps. Okay. He slept good last night knowing Donovan Solano hit the game tying single. I did. That's good. Yeah. He's wearing his shirt right now to oh maybe not. No, it doesn't look like you have a swim shirt on today. No, it's not. It's a swim shirt. Um okay, one thing that I just saw like 20 minutes or like an hour ago, Kirk made a weird comment saying how he would be excited about potentially re-signing Dalvin Cook. Did no one tell Kirk that Dalvin was gone? No, they did. Um, cause he said, I hope he gets like, uh, let's see if I, I had it. I had the quote pulled up, but he pretty much said, he said he's excited to see where he'll land and maybe he'll come back. He doesn't know. He doesn't know. He doesn't know. But, but I, I, the, the article that I read, they had said like Kirk, someone who probably knows more things than most. And it seems rather odd to say some, like to say a comment like that of like, oh, I, maybe there's an outside chance that we could get him back. It, it see, it's just seemed odd. So if, for whatever small chance, would you, what would you pay for Dalvin Cook to return? And is that even possible? No, I know. You already cut him. Okay. Well, it's not impossible. Like, he could sign with whomever he wants, correct? Yeah. Two-year, $15 million contract. No. no. He's not worth seven and a half? No. Well, that's what you're already paying him? No, we were paying him 14. Plus you're what you're already paying him. Paying oh, I see, I see, I see. So we're paying, so it'd be like 12 and a half, really. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, good point. Yeah, never mind. Not worth yeah. it. Yeah. Okay, my bad. Misunderstood. Thanks for correcting me in such a nice, polite manner. Kirk has funny ideas. Yeah. I can't wait to watch his uh, quarterback Netflix show in a month's time. Yeah. I'm excited. It's the only thing I'm looking forward to in the next like year. Wow. (laughs) Who else? Talk about dark. Yeah. Yikes. All I can say is I hope it's really, really good. Yeah. (laughs) For your sake, honestly. Um, all right. And now the talk of, uh, the town and Hayes, you know, kind of teased with his, uh, input on this particular player. But Daniil Hunter is currently not showing up to mandatory practices, OTAs, right, is where we're currently at. And, um, and he outright said he's not coming until his contract is figured out. No, I, I was kidding about him being a clown. That's, he's smart for doing that. Oh. Yeah. Yeah. He deserves the money, and they're not giving it to him. So. Okay. Do you, uh, do you think we should? I am, yes. Really? I do. Did you see currently like what a contract would be? I did. Okay. And you're fine with it? Yep. What's right. the length? You're looking at a three, four year deal, about 20 million a year is what I'm reading. If someone saw something different for less or for more, but the main numbers that I see floating around are three to four years, 20 million a year. And I guess I would disagree. I would say he's not worth that, or at least with the way Quasi's moving, 
you would be pretty much in the exact same situation um, two years from now that you are right now in the sense of you have a overpaid aging um, defensive player. And, and I think I would completely agree that he's making the right decision by not coming to practice because he's not worth five and a half million. He's definitely worth way more than that. And maybe he even is worth 20 million a year, but I don't think with other contracts that are coming up, we should be the ones to pay him. Okay. I can agree. I can, I can understand that. Andrew, what do you think? Uh, I think they should pay him. Why? His pass rush is one of the more important positions on defense. And I mean, he's only 28. So you give him a three year deal, he'll be 31. That's not like terribly old, but it, but a th- um, three year deal with a guy who already has injury issues and Bad injury issues. Okay. But th- he, this year, Not I would clear. say this year, I would say was good, but it was nothing like what he put up the pre the, the 2019 and 2018. Yeah. Like but he also did that with a terrible defense behind him and one of the worst play callers in the league. So. Okay. Your, your cornerbacks were Patrick Peterson and um, I don't even know. I really don't. Duke Shelley. Duke Shelley. Um, at the league minimum. So, my fear, though, again, and I think it's a very valid and fair fear, because then you should trade him this year. Agreed. Oh, I, I'm I'm in boat because they're saying you could get a second round pick, may, uh, maybe even additional, like a second round and something else for him. I- or that we want a second round, not necessarily that we would get a second round. Yeah. Mm-hmm. If we get a second round for Daniel Hunter, I would trade Daniel Hunter. Okay. Andrew? No. He's not worth trading a second. And Hayes, you also say no. I'd so rather do just, so many my, things. My biggest, my biggest thing then for you both is if we're in a situation two years from now where we have horrible cap space, because at this point you're paying Justin Jefferson, Christian Derrissaw, TJ Hawkinson, and a 30-year-old potentially injury downsized Daniil Hunter. Like, what, what's – I don't see him putting – do you see him putting up 15 sacks and, like, four-plus forced fumbles Absolutely. next year? Yeah, if you're really? Playing, if you're paying him that much, yeah, I think he should be able to be doing he that. He put up 10 last year with a terrible under not good st- circumstances. I yeah. mean, they barely blitzed. Yeah. All I right. think if We're you can do, middle. if you can do three years, well, no, I didn't say trade him. I said, if you can get a second round draft choice, trade him. But I would prefer more along the lines of what Andrew said, three years. And I don't know where $60 million puts you in the cap. That sounds like the amount of money that's kind of the going rate. It doesn't sound like you'd be overpaying for him. I think the guy who needs a lot of voice in this is Brian Flores. Cause I've read, you know, sometimes situationally, a guy like Hunter fits exactly what Brian likes to do. And then some of the time it doesn't fit what Flores likes to do. So I'm hoping that the the voice that's loudest in the room right now is Brian Flores. But they also he's going to say, don't trade him. Yeah. Oh, he I, if I were him, I would want Daniel Hunter as my he, he's good. He is very, very good. The biggest fear is you're paying a fat contract for a guy who is towards the end of his career he's closer to the end of his career than the beginning of his career and he's coming well, off two big seasons started when he was like 20 so i mean that would be hard to do 
but also just in terms of production, he has not put up, in my opinion, great numbers since 2019. That's now four years ago. 10 sacks is not easy. But it's not, I don't think it's, it's great. And again, it's, it's, my point is he so far is trajecting downward. So you're saying, I'm going to pay you money, even though you have not put up that type of performance in four years. It's, it's a risk. It's a risk that I'm, that I, this is coming from a guy who was okay with paying Kendricks and Smith and Thielen and Dalvin. Like, I don't want it to bite us in the butt again. And I think Quazy's going to think super long and hard about this because he also doesn't want it to bite him in the butt uh, and, and have to make all these tough, difficult decisions in two years or be, be cap, be in a huge cap issue um, two years from now. I, I think they said it well where they said in The Athletic that Quasi's kind of damned if he does and damned if he doesn't. Either way, people are going to question this. This is one of those that there's no, I, I think all of us could had different feelings about Dalvin leaving, but nobody argued that it was inevitable and kind of had to happen and make sense in so many ways. Daniil's a much tougher one. I, I would agree. It definitely is harder. And um, I'll say, I'll say now, I would not. I certainly would not be mad by any means if we pay him and sign him. Um, I just think if you can get a good trade value, um, and you understand, and just you know accept the risk that you're taking, the benefit is definitely there. He has proven he can be one of the best pass rushers in all of football. Mm-hmm. Um, again, it's only the risk of the fact he has been trajecting downward in the last four years. So yeah, that's, I want to make that very clear. So like, if we do give him a fat contract, you guys don't come at me saying, Oh, you hate Daniel Hunter. Bill no, Hayes does have a Daniel, Daniel Hunter Jersey and never and wears dude, it. It's enormous. <laughs> it's huge. It's like a game worn Jersey. Apparently keep lifting Hayes. Keep lifting. Oh, okay. And putting on Andrew. weight, I guess. Keep eating. Hayes. keep eating. Yeah. Um, alrighty. That's all I have. Does anyone else have anything else? Otherwise we can certainly close out this episode. I'm glad I got anything. All right. Perfect. Me neither. Appreciate you guys having me on. I'm excited to listen to my own voice on your podcast. You're good. Uh, we, we appreciate you coming on being guest number two. Um, obviously tell all your friends to listen because yeah. you, you, you are on this episode. You did a very nice job. I thought this, this was a very good episode again, this in was. my opinion. So a nice thing with the off season is, uh, you do have more time to prep and, uh, think you know, of ideas, try and put together a little bit more quality type podcast rather than just quick rushing through. But yeah. Um, yeah. So. This is Meet at the Quarterback, a Minnesota Vikings podcast. My name is Harrison. I'm Hayes. I'm Andrew. I'm Dad. Slash Eric, yep. And thank you for listening.